0: from relay fm this is upgrade episode number 73 today's show is brought to you by MailRoute and fresh books my name is mike hurley and i'm joined by mr jason snell from arizona from arizona yes i'm in the phoenix bureau today hi how how are you how is the phoenix bureau
1: you know, it's fine. It's not. You know, I come to Arizona and I kind of would like it to be wonderfully warm and uh, sort of summer breezes all year round. But it's uh, only about five or ten degrees warmer than it is at home. So you know, it's it's just uh, a different location, drier, drier and hotter. Yep, out in the desert. Not. I would like it to be even hotter than it is, but it's not.
0: I'm sorry about that.
1: That's okay. In the summer, it's ridiculously hot. So. It's better to visit in the winter,
0: I think. I have uh I'm I'm going to I'm going to pull back from my original claim of no more muffins discussion. Yeah,
1: I was surprised that you put this in the show notes because I thought we were going to just sort of uh, walk whistling past the muffin feedback, but Yeah, uh,
0: I just figured Chris asked and I figured maybe I have eaten the muffins now. They have been consumed. So I figured I should at least just tell everyone that I enjoyed them. Okay. That's that's kind of it. I enjoyed the muffins. I had them with jam. I toasted them. Uh uh-huh. Ad- Adina had one. She seemed to like it too, but we haven't bought any more. Oh, alright. But we did go to a bakery over the weekend, uh, and they were everywhere. It was so funny. It's like I can't escape them now. What is that no. German term for when you see something everywhere? There is a term I don't for know. that. There is I always I always bring this up but can never remember the term. Um, it's like once you've seen something, oh, it's the beta-Meinhof phenomenon. When you see something or you think about something or you discover something, you see it everywhere. Like a lot of people say, like, oh yeah, you want to get a new car and you have a car that you want. And then you just see that car on the road constantly. That's right. what I'm like with muffins now. I see muffins everywhere I go.
1: We actually have that with, uh, with dogs. We got a, a boxer and now we see boxers everywhere. Now we we see them. They were apparently always there, and we just never noticed them. But now that we have one, we see them everywhere.
0: It is uh, a non-exclusive phenomenon. It can be dogs, cars, muffins. The beta minor phenomenon happens to everything.
1: Yeah, that's good. It would be weird if it just happened to muffins. <laughs> Why would they even call it that?
0: <laughs> the beta muffin phenomenon. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh we're off the rails it's, already i think that would be more like the muffin scone hypothesis something like that raygan on twitter wanted to know and i meant to bring this up last week but completely forgot where did you get your custom keycaps from like the beautiful orange ones and then today you went ahead and wrote a little blog post uh, about your beautiful clicky keyboard and it has even more orange keycaps than than previous yes I, the orange keycaps have increased it's like a, uh, it's like there's some kind of illness in the keyboard it's just spreading yeah, it's spreading
1: the orange orange is spreading it's a citrus keyboard disease the uh so i so for, for, as the recap i bought this leopold 660m i think is it's a 10 keyless mechanical keyboard it's got cherry blue switches it's a clicky clacky loud keyboard and i'm really enjoying it um and uh, but it, it came, it was a black keyboard with black keys, just all black. It's a Darth Vader keyboard. And I thought, um, and, and it's a Windows keyboard, so it's got a Windows logo and it's got an alt key. And it's got these keys that don't really fit my Mac lifestyle. So what I did was uh, I, I ordered some custom keycaps. And you can get, custom keycaps are available all, all over the place, it turns out. I have fallen into a rabbit hole of finicky, clicky keyboard um, ways to spend money uh, including massdrop.com which has a lot of uh, uh, group sales of keyboard stuff I've discovered but the orange keys in particular are from WASD keyboards which is the maker of the code keyboard and a bunch of other mechanical keyboards and then they also sell keycaps they have keycap sets
0: are these the guys that do the one with no markings yes. on the top yeah, yes what is that I don't get Yeah, that.
1: that's. Uh, somebody asked me about that today on twitter and said I, I think that's uh i think that's showing off a little bit much i, I don't i don't approve of unlabeled keys even though i i almost never look at my keycaps um they should be labeled because, yeah, to buy a, a keyboard that specifically has no labels is showing off it's yeah it is, it is. <laughs> so so they but they do and they have custom so so it, i wish it was a little more self-serve i would love it if i could do custom keycaps like upload a a file and say here's the size of the keycap and the color and here's the what i want on it and print that for me and they don't do that but they have keycap sets uh and they've got some blank keys that you can get and so that's how i got the you know i have the command key instead of the alt key and i removed the the uh the windows key and replaced it with a blank um because i'd rather have a blank option key than an option key
0: with a Windows logo on it because I, I just I feel that's right. How come you could get a command key but not an option key? That's kind of strange, right?
1: Well one of the weird things is that part of it is that the option you know, option is alt and so it's harder to get An option key and get an option key in the style that matches and and the challenge for me with the leopold keyboard is that it's got to be that one it's got to be the one by one key size and i think that's that in the corners of this funny little keyboard there are some non-standard key sizes or at least less common key sizes and so wasd's keyboards have a different sized key down there so I, i think it would be i think i could probably get an orange option key to fit that spot, but I would probably have to order like a, a a $15 set of 20 keys, one of which I would use and the rest of them I would not use. And that seemed pointless when I could just order a blank. So I just ordered the blank and it's, it's fine. It's fine. So now I've got this kind of cool orange and black keyboard and it's and, and I did I added more. I just had the arrow keys and the and the command keys before and now I have all the numbers and letters. And so it's just kind of some of the modifiers that are that are still in black. And I like it. I like how it looks. And actually honestly, these keycaps, they're actually a little bit taller than the keycaps that came with the keyboard and they f- they they feel better. They feel like they're of a better material.
0: Yeah, you can see that they're different looking, I think. Yeah, and I ordered them in in
1: in with Mac style labeling on them. So they've got the kind of like the letter right in the center, rather than right. than uh, than uh, a lot of uh, PC style keyboards or standard style keyboards that
0: do it a little differently. It feels a little more like a like a Mac keyboard, which is what I was going for. One thing on the uh, the option key, whilst we're in complete keyboard nerdery, did you know mm-hmm. that like in the UK uh, we actually don't have option written on the key? What it's, does it say? It's Alt, and it has it's, the little uh, symbol. It has, oh but it has the little option symbol it has the option symbol but it says alt. it doesn't say the word option on it okay but it's got
1: the yeah okay so that 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 works ours uh i'm like i'm looking at my macbook air right now and it has alt and option on it but i like the uh i like the little option symbol i would get a key with that i, I would totally pay five dollars or something to get an orange key for my option key that was the the option symbol but um i haven't been able to find that. So. Uh, yeah, I think it, 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 this that key has a lot of names, right? Because it's it's the Alt key for Windows users, and I, I'm a little confused about why that is labeled as Alt even by Apple. <laughs> why not just call it Option, put the Option symbol on it, and be done with it? But they don't do that.
0: Yeah, keyboards, man, how do they work? The, it's it, they're pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I've been looking at this and I'm like, I think I would like you know a clackety keyboard, but I would never ever use it. So it's just not a road I'm going to go down. No, you don't. You don't write a lot,
1: and um, and uh, you podcast. And you know, as I said last week, I have to have. I now have to have a podcasting keyboard, because <laughs> when I I can't use that keyboard
0: when I'm podcasting because you you can hear it very clearly. <laughs> Although very I, I do clearly. like the clackety sound that the uh, smart cover keyboard makes. It makes a yeah. sound like it's more like a slapping sound. It's a kind of strange noise, yeah. but I like it anyway tactile feedback is a good thing. That's why, you know, even though we may inevitably end up all typing on
1: glass uh, as our primary, that may be where we're just going. Um, There is something to be said. I mean, that's why I went to this is on one level, it seems like a total throwback to the old the old days. But what you get out of it is uh, feel and sound and that that feels it feels and sounds good. And uh, and so,
0: you know, it's not for everybody, but but I'm loving it piece of follow-up from a show i think it's maybe last week or the week before i can't remember uh the chapters app that we mentioned is now oh, yeah. available in the mac app store right um i'll put a link to chaptersapp.com where you can find out more information and also there's links to the mac app store now so you can go and download it i believe it's on sale right now as we record um i think it was like 10 or 11 pounds or something like that which i'm pleased to see um that it's priced at a, a good price, you know, like a, a, a professional tool price, you know, like well, a yeah, professional the, utility, I should say.
1: The, this is a product for people who are making podcasts and want to put chapters in their podcasts, yep. you know, and it, it shouldn't be a $2 app because you, you know, it's a, it's a tool for people who are taking their podcast creation seriously and you don't have to use it. So if you, if you care enough to want to put chapter markers in your, in your MP3s for your podcast, then I think $15 is not too much to ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's such a niche. It's a niche utility even amongst podcasters. So, uh, it's I'm pleased I'm pleased that it exists because this stuff should be more accessible because it is really difficult to do. Um, and some of like the web tools, like Orphonic, that exist, are, are not really that great to use. Um, and this is a a better experience. So, if you are a podcaster, I would suggest just checking it out or having it in your arsenal. Um, like whilst we don't do chapters a lot um, on the shows that we do here, we do them when we feel that they're necessary. And it's right. always good to have a tool around to be able to to do that sort of stuff with. So I, yeah, I recommend somebody it. Somebody asked me, like, should we, you know, should every podcast have chapters? And, you know, I, I'm
1: with you. I feel like... um Chapter, we, we always have joked about that Germans want chapter markers because a lot of popular podcasts in Germany have chapters and tools, uh, podcasting tools, uh, in, in, uh, in germany and other parts of europe have built support in but now it's become broad more broadly supported Mm -hmm. um still it really needs to be your content needs to make sense for chapters and a lot of the wide-ranging discussions we have don't necessarily fit i mean i didn't do this week's incomparable i didn't put chapters in it because it was really one discussion and i didn't feel a need but if we were talking about five different subjects i would probably drop in a bunch of chapter markers and so you know it's it's not for everyone but it, it can be it can be very useful Clockwise is perfect. Yes. You know, it is.
0: It fits. You know, there's four distinct topics and it's nice to jump from thing to thing. Like it makes sense in there. And so we've used it. Like it was great for the upgrades, different awards. Like it was all kind of nicely broken up like that. So yeah. So yeah, I I liked it. Did a good job. So that is now available. People should go and check it out. Absolutely. All right. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. This week's episode is brought to you by. Fresh Books. On this show, we often talk about the technology that shapes our lives for the better, right? That's something we talk about quite a lot. Which is why I'm really excited to welcome FreshBooks as our newest sponsor, because they do that for me and my business. For those of you that haven't heard about FreshBooks, let me tell you why I think that they're so awesome. They are on a mission to help small business owners save time and avoid the stress that comes with running their businesses. I've been using FreshBooks and we've been using FreshBooks since Relay FM began. Um, And it's made things really simple. I had a great call with the FreshBooks team a couple of weeks ago when we were talking through some stuff. They are a passionate bunch about this sort of stuff. And their great product starts with pain-free invoicing. FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices simple and easy, right? So it's not a slog. I sit down every Friday, open up FreshBooks, send out my invoices, and I'm good to go. And it's nice and simple for me to use it takes just 30 seconds to create and send an invoice and you can add your company logo for that extra touch freshbooks will give your clients tons of ways to pay you which is fantastic you want that they allow you to receive payments by card and integrate with services like paypal this can seriously improve how quickly you get paid in fact freshbooks customers get paid five days faster on average because they have all these great ways of allowing you to get paid. You can see whether or not your client has looked at an invoice, so you're not gonna get any more excuses or lost invoices, so that's really good. You can see like a whole history of if it's been opened and that kind of thing, which is really useful. And you can also set up automatic late payment reminders if you want that. And that's just invoicing. FreshBooks has so many other features to help you keep organising your business. You can keep track of expenses. If you're in the US, you can automatically import your bank transactions for easy reconciliation. And I've mentioned about in tracking expenses. You can also do that in their mobile app as well. You can scan receipts with the FreshBooks app and then organise them for later. It even creates expense reports for you and makes claiming expenses at tax time a breeze. No more digging through those boxes full of receipts. They have great reports, so you can see who owes you what they have loads of third party integrations time tracking and their support is fantastic they really believe in it it's at their core there's no phone tree you call FreshBooks, and someone's going to pick up and if their support team's busy they told me that they have it hooked up that every single phone in the building will ring and you could be on the phone to anyone right? So you might call, their teams are busy so you'll be speaking to somebody in marketing but everybody there knows how to do support. They're all trained in it. They really believe in it. Getting started on FreshBooks is super simple and you don't have to be a numbers person. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day free trial to listeners of this show with no credit card required. To claim your 30 days of unrestricted use, go to freshbooks.com upgrade and please enter upgrade in the how you heard about us section when you sign up so FreshBooks knows you came from this show. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their Support of Upgrade and Relay FM. Hooray. It's Gurman time. Oh yes, it is. He, we were waiting for this, and uh, Mr. Gurman has come out with a whole host of rumors and reports and that kind of thing over the last couple of days. The first, and this is all based around stuff that they say is going to be happening uh, in the spring. So the uh-huh. first is Apple is developing and readying what they what is being dubbed currently as the iPhone 5 SE for a kind of a March, April time. And it's basically the updated iPhone 5S with a bunch of the six features. What do you think of the name 5SE? Now, uh, German's saying that Apple's saying this will stand for special edition. Mm, Sure. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, It's weird.
1: I guess what it means is that if it looks, uh, the strange thing is the
0: suggestion that it might not look that, it might look more like a a six than a five. Yeah, they're going to, what it seems is they're at least going to be curving the glass on the front.
1: Yeah, I don't entirely understand it because you could argue that it means what does iPhone 5 mean versus iPhone 6 is what I struggle with here. And it, if this thing is called the 5SE 5, 5 and it looks more or less like a 5, then you're sort of saying, well, really, it's not the processor and the features that are inside it. It's the look. And this will look like a 5. And so we're going to call it a 5. It's the 5SE. Um, but if they're curving the glass, is it going to look like a 5? Or is it going to look more like the 6? And, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's going to look a little different on the front, but it's going to look very similar on the back i don't know it's a, it's it's a little bit surprising uh, at the same time it firmly places it at the bottom of the you know of the hierarchy as the you know this is like the old five it is a it is a smaller phone than the six models and maybe that's important i don't know in the long run how you handle that and if you if you just have a, a iphone fives in the price list forever or what but um it's so, so I'm I'm trying to parse, like, what does it mean? What does this name mean? And what, how it might affect things in the long run. But in the short term, it's not, it's not that bad a name in the sense that it just is uh, an extension on the 5S. It's like, look, we did a, basically we did a refresh to the 5S to make it a little more modern. um, Because people, some people really like the 5S and they like the size of it. I can hear them saying that. And so, you know, they just, it, it sounds a little like special edition. You're right. Which is kind of funny. But
0: uh you know i don't know what do you think i love the name and i think i'm in the minority i like 5se and i like 5 special edition i think that i think that sounds great like i like i just like that kind of different branding for it special editions kind of cool right because it's kind of mm. like ah oh, you're the one with the special edition 5 like there's something about that for me which works from a marketing perspective because if it's going to be pretty much the same as the 5s um even if there's going to be some cosmetic changes but maybe not too many i mean my kind of imagination of this is like some kind of not in an ugly way but frankenstein device like it looks of, like a 5s at the back and there's six at the front <laughs> yeah right yeah like they just removed the chamfer, chamfer on the front and it's glass now but the chamfer's still on the back that's kind of what i assume this is going to look like um but we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see on that. I mean, I'd be very surprised if they went a whole way to create a brand new phone like they did with the C. Um, but um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I explained all of these rumors to Adina, and she is very happy to hear that this product is going to exist, uh, because she is five S user and she's complaining about her battery life. She knows she needs an upgrade. But she cannot go to a six. Her hands are way too small. She just wouldn't be able yeah. to do it. She would have to use a six as a two handed device. Like, there's just no way it would work for her. So she's really happy to hear about it. But that, yeah, but that branding, I really like the branding. Do you think it's a, it is a, like a callback to the Mac SE? No. <laughs> no, you don't think that? Like, it's just a happy coincidence? Yeah, I think so someone in the marketing team knew that that was happening though right that sure. they can't ignore it but they had a macintosh se and nobody died it was all fine so
1: we could name it that and it would it people wouldn't care i i i think it's it's yeah it's interesting it's a weird product cuz i mean cuz we're talking about apple kind of going backward um but also forward. So it's a yeah, it's a funny thing. I think it's great because I think there are a lot of people out there like Adina who really want a smaller phone. I think that's a valid size and offering an iPhone in that size that's got a little more modern tech inside it. I think it's good. I think it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, cuz the 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 next one which was a post today is that the uh, 5SE is likely to include the A9 and M9 chips. Um which is great because then they're they're bringing it up closer to spec right yeah Uh, which is fantastic i mean you want you want it to be a a better device um you want it to be faster you want to be more capable if they would have just updated the the design and then maybe put an a8 in there you know we'll probably look at an a10 in the iphone 7 so it would have been two um revolutions behind right what you
1: want you you want to have it be like um it's like the iPad Pro update is you, you don't want to let a brand new product go to the work of making a new product and having it be two steps behind. Exactly. One step is okay, but you don't want it to be two because six months from now, it will be two steps behind if you do that. So, you you know, you, you don't want to end up with it three steps behind. So this makes sense that if you're going to... Uh, if you're going to release this product and have it be, go through the trouble of engineering a new product, right? Instead of just making the old phone that you'd want to give it some life. And so by putting the, the a nine in it now, then you know the other phones it's not going to get an update in the fall so it's going to fall behind immediately but that's okay because it's not going to be that far behind and it's got the stuff that you'd expect it's got the kind of always on ahoy telephone uh and you know the motion coprocessor so you can do your your uh pedometer and you know it's got apple pay and it's got you know it's it's an iphone with all of the features of the iphone so uh that's a good thing even if it's not in six months it's not on the same hardware it's not like hopelessly behind where you know because at some point adina would need a new phone and she'd look at that iphone 5 and say well i'm not getting that that why would i get that it's just the old phone yeah so at some point you need to have even if the size even if it's a cheaper model even if uh you know the size is the smaller size it needs to be somewhere in within hailing distance of um of current technology
0: Yeah, and what I also like uh, is that they're going to be bringing Apple Pay and Live Photos to this device. So it is kind of being treated like a current generation product, right? Like it's not being left behind. And whilst it won't have 3D touch, they will probably do the implementation of Live Photos to view them as you can now, which is if you long press on a uh, non-3D touch device, the Live Photo works, but this device will be able to take them, um, which is excellent, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, I think this is all good news. And this is how this this goes. I mean, I mentioned the iPads earlier, but this this goes to Apple's kind of modern product philosophy from the last few years, which is proud old products don't die. (laughs) They just kind of use the old products to create a spread in the product line. That's sort of what we're seeing uh, with this. It's a new product, but it's really just sort of filling in one of these niches that it comes from the old Uh, product being a little bit too old now, but they want to keep that slot around. Just like, you know, we've got three new iPad models plus a couple of old iPad models that are for mm-hmm. sale. So it 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 totally fits in in this approach. It is a lot less simpler an approach th- uh, than what
0: Apple used to do, but it allows them to hit a whole bunch of different uh, market segments. Something I like from the report, this is a quote from Gohman, also contrary to the rumors, the device is not a preview of the iPhone 7 as it will mostly retain the 5S's design and still include a headphone jack. <laughs> Burn yeah well also that's kind of like that like uh non-denial denial type thing right mm-hmm. like he's just put that in there he hasn't like german hasn't come out and said one way or the other what he knows about that but that's very much a wink wink type thing i mean i read that and I'm like i'm i'm you know this thing isn't, hasn't got fo jack in it. Right? <laughs> well, the 7 just hasn't at well, this point nine, for me. I think 9to5Mac has
1: reported that, but not with a sure. German byline. And I just sort of assumed that, just in terms of who writes for that site, that if German felt like that report was bad, he would probably have said
0: something. And they ran the report. So... I mean, I don't know. I, I, there's a part of me that's like, I just see it as like separate. He's I, I pretty much the way I look at that now is he, he has run of whatever he wants to do. And I think is mainly separate because, I mean, we spoke about this a bunch of times, like German is so well connected and he's so good at what he does. It is interesting that he continues to to write under somebody else's banner, but that's what he does. So, but, right. so when I look at it, I just feel like he only ever does these kind of pieces now. Um, so I think he pretty much is just involved at that level. I, I just assume that behind the
1: scenes, you know, I would like to believe that if they've got a major Apple rumor report and you're the site that employs Mark Gurman, that you probably <laughs> uh, would would have him see it and you know say definitely not, or let me check that, or um, something, just to save you from printing something that was totally bogus but um but it is yeah anyway it, it is interesting that this is a a reference although you could you could read this as a sly reference to the other reports on the site and not necessarily hmm. uh specific confirmation just sort of like putting in the context of the other site reports i don't know how that all works cuz different people have different um you know they may be (laughs) different writers may be maybe more competitors than allies at at some sites that that is the case too so i don't know what the what the backstory is there but but yeah that was a good good uh, pickup that you got he's definitely putting in the
0: context of iphone 7 with no headphone jack as well as this um also a kind of a a report i wasn't expecting about the apple watch in that the watch 2 will be coming in september to, which I really mm. didn't want I don't want there to be enough of full product there were there were rumors that it was coming in the spring yeah well because what's happening is they're gonna I think maybe where it potentially got confused is at whatever is happening in the spring whether it be an event or whatever along with the 5SE they're gonna have Apple Watch enough to talk about so they're gonna have 2-2 they're gonna have apparently more watch bands um, mm. and Gurman's reported that made out of entirely new materials and and more fashion partnerships beyond Hermes. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about with the watch, like they have done in previous events, but they're not actually bringing out Watch 2. And that will be coming with apparently a full redesign in the fall, which Mm. is not what I'd heard, um, not what I've heard other people say, and not what I expected. Uh, The Apple Watch is going to be long in the tooth come September. That will be 2 years since it was announced Yeah, a year and a half since it shipped so it's effectively 2 years old right because they couldn't mm-hmm. have changed too much which is surprising i i wonder and you know i guess uh, i don't know if i would say that only because uh,
1: it was an unusual case because it was pre-announced but will we say that the uh would we say that the iPhone 7 is a year old in next january because we will assume that they had prototypes and they knew roughly what it was going to be right now well, but they
0: don't show it though do they
1: yeah but the, the only difference is because they have an existing product that they don't want to cannibalize this this the apple watch when they announced it didn't exist right i okay. mean it did it didn't really exist it was still it was still being worked on and uh so I, I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely fair to start the countdown early for the announcement certainly story-wise narrative-wise just like you know Oh, the Apple Watch! I've heard of that. Hasn't that been around a couple of years? That will absolutely be the case. The, our conception of the Apple Watch will have been the same for two years. But it, uh, you know, I, I would give them a little bit of credit. I mean it, it, the the hardware the hardware only started shipping less than a year ago. So before that, it was it was you know
0: in process. Well, I do this more as like and say this more as a way of trying to wonder if the Apple Watch will become a yearly product or not. <laughs> Because I don't know if it needs to. I I
1: I feel like it really doesn't. Um, but we we also don't know how major an Apple Watch 2 is, and they will have done if they do a spring refresh of materials. Um, and bands and things like that. Then that will have been its third kind of product line refresh on top of the existing hardware. Mm-hmm. So what's the cycle there? Is it a six month cycle or a a four month cycle? Except the the base hardware doesn't change. And how big is the change come September if we get to that point? Is it a is it uh, you know a real rethinking of the Apple Watch in terms of the hardware or is it just sort of a slight improvement? I, we there's a lot of information that's still out here, but I kind of agree with you. I, I don't feel like this is a product that needs to get updated. Certainly not every year, but you know, can you go two years? Maybe you can if you if you're every six months if you're refreshing materials and and uh, and
0: updating the software. Yeah, I feel like that this is a product that is different, and and it's different because Apple thinks about it as a fashion product because they don't yeah. need to, you know what you know they they release a new iPhone every year for whatever reason they do that um and but now it's kind of expected because people want a new phone every year right so like they want the new thing you know and apple builds their marketing campaigns around it you know like the whole success campaign is like everything about it is you know what i say everything about it is different or some, something along those lines i can't remember the exact tagline um but you know it's kind of talking about the fact that they keep they keep doing it they keep refreshing it but the apple watch is you just have to keep bringing out new bands, right? And you bring out new bands and you put a new band on your watch, it looks like a different watch. And I think that you can keep doing that, keep it in line with uh, season changes like the fashion industry, have the fall collection and have the summer collection. And I think that that would really work. You know, you do that a couple of times, maybe two or three times and then bring out a new body. And then Apple can still bring in, you know, the good money from the accessory sales yeah I, this is uh it, it's a different move for them but i think
1: that the idea that you can do new watch bands and call it a sort of a product line update it's a very different thing than than i guess you could change the ipod colors they did that a couple of times but you know it, it's more like that where this mm-hmm. is a product where you can change some things around it and make some new materials or some new colors and that's uh and that's fine because I, I don't think people are buying, you know, a new one of these are going to buy a new one of these every six months or every year or maybe even every two years. So you just kind of you keep iterating and providing people with more options and different options and they see something li- they like, they're going to buy it. And it's, a, it's still an, a work in progress. I mean, Apple may be still trying to figure this out, too, right? Because what works in um, the tech industry or in the fashion industry may not be the same rules that something like an Apple Watch
0: follows it may be
1: like a completely different beast
0: we we don't know so these uh updates are rumored to be debuting in the week of march the 14th which kind of lines up with 9.3 as a spring release because you would assume that these new devices would come along with a with an update right of some description, right they mm-hmm. update iOS to go in these new devices so nine three being teased by apples coming in the spring lines up with kind of a March event to a later in March early April release of the five se Do you think that if this is what they have, they would do an in person event Is this enough for an event
1: well uh you what 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 is that bar where where do you cross the bar exactly
0: like what is the bar at which you have to start inviting press to come to a place i
1: mean not to not to go back to ancient history but i mean the reason that i wasn't at the original imac event is that the two previous apple events that they called press to with no information about what was going to be discussed were stinkers they had nothing interesting to say and since then every apple event has been substantive Uh, That was that was a key rule. So I don't know how you define it, but there needs to be enough for you to feel like it's it's an event. So is it if it's new watch bands and. new an old I don't phone. Phone. <laughs> and and a, and a new yeah and a new <laughs> old phone is that enough for a media event or, or you know and who knows maybe there are mac announcements that they throw in there too i don't i don't know there's also what, the
0: rumblings of an ipad air 3 but apparently again according to German, he has no confirmation on that like he knows yeah. it's being worked on but it's unclear whether that's ready Right, because we talked about that being something that you could potentially move into a spring, a
1: spring time frame instead of yeah. the instead of the fall. They don't all have to be in sync. And the iPad Pro led the way, so maybe the Air, you know, gets revved in the spring rather than waiting for the fall, and and they
0: turn that product line around and and do it that way. I feel um, like an Air Three, a watch and uh, watch updates, and the Five SE is enough for like an on-campus event at least, you know well sure an on-campus event would be would be easier although that's a that's
1: a very small event that's got iphone in the name i mean the problem is whenever there's an iphone something everybody gets and and just at this point an apple event has a level of hype around it that you do not want people walking away saying why did they call that event so i think it's a good question um they 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 have to have they have to have a story to tell um and and what Apple has shown lately is that they can roll products out and work with members of the press to give them some exclusives and get coverage without ever having to do an event. So it's possible that they wouldn't have to. Um, it's also possible that they could. Uh, you know, these events are... They have value to Apple because they do generate uh, coverage and they focus people on Apple for a little while. But there are also a lot of effort to put out. Uh, you know, you've got to invite people and set up, you know, set up the venue and rent a venue if you're doing it off campus. And there's all sorts of things that go into that. And you are raising expectations, and then you need to deliver, and you need to have everything done in time, and you need to have your shipping worked out. So there's, it's a lot easier to just sort of announce products by one by one by press release and briefings and things like that. So I don't know. I mean, it would be unusual i would say for apple to just go for uh six months without doing an event of some kind but they yeah. totally could and you're right it's that what what passes the weight test if it's a revised iphone 5 and some changes to the apple watch bands and uh you know an update to make the ipad air more like the ipad pro is that an event in and of itself or you know would you need something else um to to really blend it the weight that it needs to have not every event has to be the iPhone launch, right? I mean, not, yep. and no other event can be that, nope. but you kind of always always want something new, right? And 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 revisions to old products is not something new. And, and that, that would be my hesitation with something like that is, I feel like you need to come in with something that's actually new um, and not just, you know, an iPad air that's more like the pro and uh, an iPhone five that's more like the six and, you know, Apple watch bands that are, you know, more of
0: what you've already got. I think as well with with Apple moving more towards the everything in September um, (laughs) schedule, they're moving even more towards that. I think in the new age of Apple working in the media and doing things that we don't expect, right, which I think 2015 was definitely the year of and 2016 is continuing to be. I think it would be It would be prudent to have products just appear on the website with some nice videos, Mm. you know, to be like, look, we're doing some different stuff now. So they give themselves the ability to do more of that later on, because that September event, you know, we're looking like iPhones, iPads, Apple TV and Apple Watch now. Like that is getting real big. And the last one was was very long right Mm. for that reason uh so i think it would be a good idea so i look at it being a good idea to for apple to show we are not afraid to just put things out into the world with some devices that we sent out to buzzfeed and the new york times right Mm -hmm. i think that that is a good way of of kind of showing a bit more of a change from them and kind of being like yeah we don't need to invite the world's media to the flint center to to do everything
1: well, and I feel like there is probably another Apple event that is the campus event that is like a Mac announcement event. That's that's the smaller scale. It's not about the iPhone, and they if presumably at some point this year they'll do something interesting with the Mac line, um, and and we'll see that, and that'll be an event, and that that event is always much smaller, but they usually do something like that, and they they might do that again but yeah i agree with you I, I feel like um maybe they don't need to do these events because they have that they they are really trying all of these other tools pr tools to get the the message out you know they'll 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 do a briefing uh, with under embargo with some key partners and then mm-hmm. they will brief everybody else in the gap after the embargo drops and before the product ships and then they'll ship the product and they'll get coverage and they can do it whenever they want and if it if it gets delayed a week they'll just delay it a week and yep. not have to worry about it so um it's a it's a good question about whether we're going to see more apple announcements or fewer will we only get wwdc and the fall event and
0: maybe a mac event at some point i don't know This is totally off topic, but whilst we're talking about Apple getting people together, I I had a thought. So Google I.O. is moving to Mountain View in May. They Uh are not going to be at the Moscone anymore. Do you think that when Campus 2 opens, they'll continue to do WWDC in Moscone? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know enough. I mean, uh, Apple Campus 2 has a has a giant uh, presentation venue. I thought about this. I actually did think about this, the same thing of would Apple do WWDC on campus? And I think the answer is probably no. But um, because there are so many people at WWDC, and I've, I, I'm not sure that the the campus, Apple Campus, even the new one would be able to
0: work in that way. I don't know what, like, the hotel situation is like around that area. I assume not good. Not good is the... Yeah, that's exactly... I was talking to people in the
1: Relay Slack. We were talking about uh, people like the material hosts coming for, for Google I.O. and and in Mountain View. And they said, you know, what are the hotels around Mountain View? And how do you get to Mountain View if you stay in San Francisco? And I'm like, uh, you take the Google bus, maybe? Because, like, the train doesn't run there. The train will only get you close-ish. And then you have to take a, a bus or, 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 a, or a cab or something. It's it's problematic. And, you know, Silicon Valley is built in the suburbs. Those those are not cities. They're suburbs. And uh, it's problematic that because of the founders of those companies growing up in the suburbs and becoming the founders of those companies that you now have these companies that are in the suburbs instead of in the, something like in downtown San Francisco, where, where it's much more dense and um and so it, it would be a challenge. So I, I'm I'm doubtful, but it's you know you never know yeah, that that event is so out of control. I, I think it's a better question to say, at what point does WWDC become something all altogether different? Because such a small fraction of the developer audience can go to it, and they are streaming all of the all of the stuff, if yeah. not live, then like next day. So at some point, you know, why are we doing WWDC? Uh, as a physical event at all, other than you know, it is great for all of us who come. But in terms of attendees, it's a tiny percentage who actually get to of the developer community who yep. actually can can get in the door. And, it's getting smaller
0: uh, w- and smaller every year as well, right? When they say about how many the the massive percentage of first timers that there is every year. So it's just showing how many more and more and more people every single year are developing on Apple's platform.
1: Well, and the I/O, uh, Google I/O uh, keynote is happening at, at Shoreline, which is the amphitheater behind the Google Plex, and that that's like where where rock concerts are held. So really? it's got a, it's got a huge. Th- that's my understanding. I think that's where they're doing wow. it. Is at Shoreline? Um, and imagine that like okay everybody wants to come to our developer conference sure you can come we have a big bowl with uh with thousands of people in it so so come on down yeah it's at shoreline please we need to fill the seats (laughs) they say google io i think as a whole is at shoreline and i'm unclear whether they are like are they going to do breakout sessions on the lawn or something i don't know how that's going to work but uh anyway um it will be interesting to see what they what, how that works, and I do wonder about that with Apple just in general. I'm not sure. I mean, Apple famously said, "Oh, we you know we don't need to do trade shows anymore. The Apple Store is better than any trade show," um, oh, and they you know they dump Macworld Expo and all of that. So uh, this is Apple's own show, but at some point, I, I don't know. At some point, I think it's worth asking the question of like, what's the value of this if it's an incredibly hot ticket to the point where you can't you know you 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 basically can't meet demand there it's impossible for you to have enough seats anywhere for this event and you know you can do it all they're doing the right things which is putting all the videos online and that's great so that even if you can't get a seat you can see it all uh, you could take the time off from work and just stay home and watch the videos and you would see WWDC. you wouldn't get to to the social aspect of it but you would get all the content but um so is the whole thing just there to provide a, a an excuse for some subset to meet in person? Is that is that the reason that that they're going to the you know trouble of holding that event at all? Because at some point, literally everything is on the on, on the internet. <laughs> um, are the people who are there just the live studio audience to provide applause at the beginning and end to make it seem more realistic? I don't know.
0: It's just uh you know it's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but it's pretty funny. I expect at least that. All at least media events will probably move there.
1: Oh, certainly. That's the reason that the the uh, new theater is being built is the town hall is incredibly tiny, and uh, they want to be able to do media events on campus. but that's not WWDC right? Media events are controllable and they're of very course. small. so I, I think I think that's for sure going to happen that as soon yeah. as campus 2 is open, all the Apple media events will be on the Apple campus. They want to, and then they control the venue. They don't have to book the venue. They can hold those meetings anytime they want. They'll be able to invite the press and not like say, well, we can only invite 200 press this time because our, our you know our little theater just can't hold any more people. They can invite the big crowd and and, uh, and they control every aspect of it because it's their heart. It's their their real estate. So they they literally can control everything that happens there, which they can't do at these outside venues. They you know they're a, they're renting the space for uh, you know a few days before the event. There's only so much they can do. Do you have anything more you want to say on this? I don't think so. I mean, it's I guess it's rumor season now. Like, yeah. everybody, put on your I don't know what your rumor pants. It's that it's rumor season. It's safe to wear them now. Uh, Gorman, you know Gorman's reports are usually very very accurate, especially uh, recently.
0: The like, the he's the, untouchable, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he he, he,
1: has, he has great sources. I think I think for something this far out, even you can see how he words things. Um, things are still in flux. Things can change, and that's a lot of times people like Mark Gurman are, I think, unfairly uh, graded as being wrong when something they predict that's way out. Uh, doesn't come to pass, but if you look at German, you know his as his reports go along, I, I I really get the sense that he is reporting on what is generally thought to be happening at Apple. But it's a long time between now and the fall, and things can change, right? So if we listen to this podcast uh, before the Apple event in September, we may say, "Oh wow, a lot of this stuff." isn't going to happen. But uh, that may be stuff that happens in the next three or four months that changes what the output is. Um, his information, though, is generally good. I I would I would uh, think it's far more likely than not that this is what the current thinking is
0: at mm-hmm. Apple about mm-hmm. all this stuff.
1: All right, do you want to take a break? Yeah. I wish to do some Ask Upgrade. I think that would be a great idea. Ask Upgrade, by the way. This, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Mike. I don't know if I did. This edition of Ask Upgrade brought to you by our good friends at MailRoute. Yay, yay, IT departments uh, are always being expected to do more with less including stuff like keeping users protected from spam and viruses and keeping really uh, lousy traffic off of your networks. Uh, what's worse, there are a bunch of hardware and software options that are being announced as being end of life, which is a, uh, a classic PR move for saying we're killing the product that you rely on uh, postini MX logic. There, there's definitely a lot of email products out there that are, uh, are being put to the end of their life. So who do you trust to do the job well for email? email and stick around and the answer is the people who do email it's all they do they've been doing it for years and that's mail route MailRoute protects your email and your hardware against spam viruses and other attacks. If you're running a mail server, there's no hardware or software to install additionally. MailRoute actually sits in the cloud between the big bad internet and your email server. If you own your own domain, that's all you need to use MailRoute. You point your MX records at MailRoute servers, it filters your mail, pulls the bad stuff out, and then passes only the good mail onto your server, which means your network connection is faster because the junk spam does not connect to your server at any point, which is a is a huge win. Um, and it also means that you're getting uh, served by people who have been focusing on email protection since 1997. That's right, since the 20th century. These people who are at MailRoute have been focused on email. They have admin tools, including an API. It's all designed to make your life spam free. They support LDAP, Active Directory, TLS, mailbagging. mailbagging. Pew, pew, mailbag lasers,
0: <laughs> outbound
1: relay, everything you'd want from the people who are handling your mail. And right now, MailRoute's actually offering price matching for McAfee and MX Logic customers. Uh, st- so stop your spam today with a free 30-day trial of MailRoute by going to mailroute.net/upgrade. That's right, listeners of the show will get 10% off. Not for one month. Not for two months. For the lifetime. Of your MailRoute account by going to MailRoute.net slash upgrade or sending an email to sales at MailRoute protecting your email from spam and viruses. That's it. That's all they do. They do it better and have been doing it longer than anyone else. Thank you to MailRoute for
0: sponsoring Choo Choo. Ask Upgrade. Gotta say about MailRoute, as well as they are fantastic sports. Um that ten percent of the lifetime deal, that's a really good deal. It's just amazing, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing deal. Like that—that is a—I like that. That um, I'm pleased that they do that. Yeah, we just had Scheman in the chat room ask uh, any thoughts on what tomorrow's earnings are going to look like. I mean, this is what I expect: more money than ever before, more iPhones sold than ever before. Uh, China is a burgeoning market, Uh, and the one other thing that I expect is this is the first quarter up on the iPad that there's been in a long time. Uh, I think that the iPad Pro. Probably has a pretty good profit margin because um, it is an expensive device, mm-hmm. and I think they will have sold enough of them. I think a change in that, um, in that vertical, the iPad vertical. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think a change in that um, will so reversing that kind of a uh, couple of years of, yeah. uh, of of lack of growth. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be huge, uh, but I think it's going to be a tick up i think it's going to be a, a buck of the trend i don't know if it will continue but i think it, it's this is going to be the first upswing on the ipad um as i think in maybe the last couple of years or something at least the maybe the last five or six quarters well it's the
1: holiday quarter so it'll be interesting to see if it is up year over year from the holiday quarter last year and
0: yeah that's that's what i'm talking about yeah
1: not a bad prediction
0: i think if it's not that is a bigger problem than there has been in any other quarter uh over the last couple of years
1: I think you're right, too. I think I think it, since the holiday quarter, it's going to be the biggest one ever, and it's going to be the biggest sales of everything ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then what's going to happen, my guess, given what everybody's talking about, is that they're going to release their guidance for the following quarter. And if it shows even a hint that they think there might be softness in iPhone sales in the next quarter, that uh, the stock market will go crazy and uh apple stock will get hammered and i'm not an apple investor nor do i pretend to be an investment expert but it looks like there's a lot of there are a lot of knives being sharpened over apple's uh, iphone growth they're concerned that apple's iphone growth is not continuing that it's not like not like it won't continue to be a great business for Apple. But when you're an investor, you're looking for growth and growth is what's priced, usually is priced into stock prices is this assumption of a certain level of growth. And when that, that growth starts to tail off, people start to tail off their opinion of that stock because they're like, well, this isn't, this company is, is uh, running out of growth and it's going to be, you know, what they call, I guess, a value stock instead of a a growth stock. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk of that tomorrow too, even if it's record iPhone sales. In fact, I would even predict there will be a bunch of really grumpy people saying oh sure have your best quarter ever and the best iphone sales ever and why is the stock getting hammered and that would be the reason why is if there's truth to this sort of rumbling that um, iphone uh iphone numbers uh going forward might not be quite as uh, good as apple had hoped they would be that there might be a little softness in the in the iphone sales market or alternately Maybe that maybe they will put their uh, you know their boot down and say uh, nope it's doing great <laughs> and just essentially dare the people who made those reports to to show their work because uh, that would be interesting too.
0: I have no way of even being close to knowing this. I, I don't think we're at that point yet, but it's gonna happen. There is gonna yep. be a quarter where iPhone sales are down. Like it has to happen eventually. But I, I would be surprised if it was now, but I'm also not an analyst, so I don't pay enough attention. Well, and it's
1: interesting when you start talking about what the, what, uh, the question was, what, what tomorrow's earnings will be. And you immediately started to talk about sort of like this product doing this and this product doing that. And I think that that says something about who we are, yeah. which is yeah. people who care about the products. I I mean, like I said, I'm not an Apple uh, I'm not an Apple investor, nor am I an Apple investment analyst. I care about the Apple financial results because I'm interested in seeing what where Apple's businesses are and where they're going in terms of the products and mm-hmm. how they make their decisions about where the products go. Um, and that's that's it. I mean, that's I, I what I care argue, about. The the yeah, money w-
0: the money moves the product, and that's what I care about because the, you know they exactly. they will put their money where the products are. Right, because Apple stock has actually gotten gotten. Uh, uh, it has not performed
1: well over the last year. Yeah, and, um, I don't and I hear people complaining about that and I, I totally don't care about it either. And if you care about it because you're an Apple investor, then fair enough, you should care about that. You're invested in Apple. But just so you know where we're coming from, we don't care about that. And And quite frankly, I... Even if I were to be an investor in technology stocks, which I'm not, and I will not allow myself to be because I write about it for a living and I think that that's a a, a problematic, that's a conflict of interest. It is possible you could affect it. I I will, I will, yeah, it's possible. It's not, yeah. It's less likely for these big companies than it would be for smaller companies, but it's possible. And then you know, just why would you say something bad about a company that you want to grow? And yeah. You want to say good things about them so that they grow. And I just, I don't want to even touch that. That's that's crazy. But here's here's the thing. I'm not sure Apple stock has ever been logical. <laughs> I mean, there have been plenty of times where people, you've looked at the stock performance of Apple, and you're like, why? You know, there, there have been arguments that it's been underpriced at a lot of points, and uh, so I, I'm not sure that's a stock that I would ever put a lot of faith in anyway, because because i 'm not sure the investors understand Apple and so they make decisions based on what they perceive to be where apple 's going um, but i 'm not sure it 's based on an actual understanding of that company and so uh, you know uh, irrationality uh, driving your stock price is problematic and um, I think it 's good that Apple whenever Apple stock goes down Apple buys a lot of apple stock back and I, I think that 's actually a would be a would be a, a, a silver lining they use some of that cash to just buy back the stock when it Matt, when they think it 's undervalued I so. just wish they would buy- buy it all back and yeah i then know we don't have to deal with this the problem the problem if they went <laughs> private is that we would then they would never tell us anything about how they're doing they would they would just it would be all bezos charts all the time yeah you know and from apple it would be even worse than from jeff bezos it would be it would be you know we think we're we we think we're doing great here's a chart here's that chart about how how much faster the ipad is than the original iphone okay so at least at least they have to tell us how they're doing that's the that's the brilliant thing about Apple being a public company is they actually do have to disclose things about their business and that's why you see every Apple site out there with all those charts that we're all gonna make again on 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 Tuesday the 26th um, because that's our one time where there's government mandated disclosure of Apple about its business and you know they would rather not do it but they have to it's the law so we get to see it
0: yeah. Yeah. I you know the earnings thing is like the num- the money and the numbers is like whatever. I just I just like to see the trends and what's been sold and stuff like that. Cuz the money's so big I can't even comprehend it. Right? Like I have no comprehension of the amount of money that they bring in. Like 45 billion dollars a quarter. Like what is that? That's it's like it's like magic. It's it doesn't even really exist it's so large, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. It's play money yeah it is effectively is because they can't even spend it right like they're, they're just sitting on this war chest of hundreds of billions of dollars because what are you going to do with that money mm. <laughs> that's the funny thing about apple it's like what we're getting into a completely random topic now but what do you do nothing you can do with it Will you buy a country like what are you going to mm. do with that amount of money it's at a certain point it's like you there's nothing you can even do with it it's just too much yeah yeah, save it for a rainy day. I mean, I do wonder. It's like
1: you know, invested in a car company. <laughs> you know, build a build a car in your spare time, and and uh, whether the storm, if there is a storm in the future, use it for R and D. Yeah, there's yeah. But then again, you know, they may there may be a moment where there's an uh, an acquisition they want to make, that they're able to pull the trigger on because they uh, they have that they have that
0: cash. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's 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 move on anyway because yep. we, we have more Ask Upgrade to do. Andrew wants to know, do we think that there'll ever be picture-in-picture picture on the Apple TV? Uh, I'm going to say no. Oh, really? I would have thought that this would have made the perfect sense, right? So, Because TVs have this, don't they, picture in picture?
1: Well, they used to, but they basically don't anymore. Because oh, okay. it's a feature that, uh, one, it's a feature that very few people used, and two, it requires you to have multiple sources that are being played at the same time, which on modern digital boxes is actually more than the hardware can often take. You know, they're optimized to play back one signal at a time and not two. Oh. Okay. Um. And so back when it was sort of two antenna inputs, they were like, "Hey, we could do two pictures." But those those have all sort of fallen out. And I'm not sure, quite sure what the what the use case would be on the Apple TV. I mean, it's possible. I, I if if what Andrew means is like the idea that you could have a uh you know video playing in the corner while you're looking through the app interface to find a different video to play or something like that. Well, sure. That's what I but, was thinking. Like how it was on the iPad. like on Netflix or something. Yeah, where Netflix is playing or YouTube is playing and you're still able to find like the next thing. But um, yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know.
0: I, 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 I just doubt that that's a
1: priority feature.
0: Uh, Wes would like to know. I like this question. Uh, any tips for a married couple about to start their first podcast together? He so you seem to have some tips here. I had I've been thinking about this today. Um, so I have, I have four points that I want to say to, to Wes and his partner. Um, I think you should record some test episodes so you can both get used to it. If you've never done any podcasting before, you can get used to what it sounds like to hear yourself. You can get used to using the microphone and kind of playing around with it and trying to find a little bit about what it is you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it. Um, Let your personalities come through. So I will recommend, you know, if you don't already listen to top four uh, with Tiff and Marco Arment because their relationship is the thing that's so fantastic about that show. Um, You hear them as a couple, and it's fantastic. You know, it's the same as with uh, Phil and Lisa Ruin, the movies on The Mm. Incomparable. You hear the relationship between the two, and that's what makes the show so brilliant, right? Because you get chemistry at its highest level, which I think is what makes podcasts great anyway. And uh, a couple have the best kind of chemistry, even better than me and you, Jason. Hard to believe... Uh, don't overcomplicate the technology part. Don't worry about getting the best microphone. Don't worry about like finding the best hosting. Just find what works, find what's affordable, and go from there. And most importantly, and I give this piece of advice to everyone considering podcasting as a thing, treat it as an enjoyable hobby. Don't think about how you're going to make money. Yeah, because you probably won't. <laughs> this, yeah, this is a hobby. That's how I started it it's how everybody that i know started it i mean you, you there are still people that i know today that do podcasts just for fun and they have very successful businesses you know there are shows that i do just for fun still i have shows that we take mm-hmm. no ads on because i like to do them because that that's part of the hobby side of the business that i run um you've got to remember that first and foremost because if you start thinking about the business from day 1 I don't think you're ever going to fully enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um,
1: uh, dep- hardware wise, you know, you might want to think about the microphone. Although if you are, it, it is your loved one, then you can get up uh you can get up close to a single mic if you need to. If you've got like a yeti. There's a there's a two across mode basically where you can sit on opposite sides of it and it records. And yeah, you can go up to having like two microphones set up if you really want to. But um, I, I would worry about it too much. And I think your advice is just so great that do it do it because you like it. You know, ha- half the podcasts I do, I do not to make money, but because it's fun, which is good because they don't make any money. So uh, you know, I've got three podcasts, four, uh, three or four that make that make money and, and, you know, that's, that's great because I do like 10 of them. So (laughs) let's start, just have fun with it. And then the audience will know that you're having fun with it. And, uh, if it becomes successful creatively or with an audience or financially at some point, that's awesome, but that's not the reason to do it. I, yeah. I do. I get those questions. I'm sure you do too.
0: Which is, I've been thinking of quitting my job and starting a podcast to make a living. <laughs> like, no, don't. Oh, not even so much that, but just I. Uh, you know, we we see a lot of people uh, contact me to to want to be on Relay, or I just get people ask me questions all the time, uh, which I'm more than happy to to do. And I actually will include in the show notes what I include for a lot of people on emails is the talk that I gave at the Apple Store um, about how I just got started in podcasting because there's a bunch of just like little tips about hosting and tools and stuff that you should use and what i consider is a good start for people um but i see so many uh you know oh and then they mention monetization or they mention ads or sponsorship in it like i just don't think you should think about that in the beginning because really it should be a hobby i think because i think people think about this less when they're starting a blog i think about mm-hmm. well, how much money they're going to make and I don't really know why that is.
1: Do not start a creative endeavor because you want to make you, you, as a as a career move as a as a especially as a financial calculation because it's a lot harder than it looks. Um, and put podcasts. You have to build up a, a very large audience before you could even possibly make money at it. And uh, what what's the quality of your thing going to be if it's just a money making vehicle instead of something uh, with something to say? And unless you're somebody who's famous in some other realm and can kind of transfer that in, if that's the case, then maybe you've got a, a you know something to create. But even there, I would say think long and hard about it. Uh, and, uh, do it, you know, do something because you care about it and you like it and not just because it's some sort of transaction. So I'm sure Wes is not planning it that way, but no. I think it's good, good advice. Cause we see that from a lot of, a lot of people and, and, uh, you know, don't overcomplicate the technology part too is absolutely true you know, keep it simple, record some test episodes, let your personalities come through you. I think you got it, Mike.
0: That's I, I endorse the Mike Hurley podcast plan. Benjamin, uh, as written to say, uh, my mom is familiar with a PC and it's time for her to move to a new device. Should she get a MacBook or an iPad Pro with Apple Pencil? Now, we don't know anything about Benjamin's mom. No. So it's, this is a difficult question to ask, but it's one that I'm starting to see a lot more. Basically, what do they do? If this person is surfing the internet, maybe doing some email, maybe watching some YouTube videos, playing some games... I would say you probably want an iOS device at this point for stuff like that. That that's how I feel. Um just the casual user, these devices are way easier to use. They right. are they take a lot less technical support from you and they are lot, a lot less risky in things that can go wrong with them and they are more resilient. They're easier to move around. They take a lot less setting up. I would say go iOS in that scenario.
1: Yeah, also you you don't have the um metaphor problem of going from a mac a pc to a mac where it's sort of like but different yeah, yeah it's just totally it's a break it's totally different um and depend if, if that's their use case I, I mean i'm down here in arizona visiting my mom and she you know she started with uh an ibook um and had had mac laptops for years And, uh, you know, the last time I was down here, I took her old laptop away because she's got an iPad now and she doesn't need anything else and she doesn't want anything else. Yep. Now, if they're, if they're like a serious heavy Microsoft Office user or something like that, then they should, yeah, although I could actually argue that Microsoft Office is better on the iPad than on the Mac, but, um, you know, I could see there are some cases where we're getting a MacBook, but you're you're asking your mom to transfer, uh, platforms and, um, the strangely the ipad i feel like is a better transfer location like you said because it's because it's so different that i feel like it's going to be less jarring than having to figure out well you know why does it look like this um if she's so if she if she's a pc power user i would say she should just get another pc and if she's not and she's just using it because it's her computer to do internet right then that that is like mike said a perfect use for uh
0: for an ipad and finally today, this uh, question comes from Chris. I cannot believe we've not been asked this before now. It's hard to believe. If you guys could have any superpower, what would it be? So I used to want to control time. Um, I, I said I said this on Analog once. and It sounds so terrible. But I now kind of do control my own time. Because the reason I wanted to control time is I wanted to sleep more. And I wanted more time to work on my side business. But mm. now I kind of can choose when I wake up and how much work I do, right? I mean, what happens is if I choose to do no work, I make no money, right? It's not I'm not in a world of like lollipops and rainbows here, Mm. Uh, but I have the ability to set my own schedule now. So I kind of have what I always wanted. That was the only reason I wanted that ability. So now I'd probably go with flight because I spend a lot of money on flights every year. Mm. It'd be nice to have to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I keep, I, you know, the easy ones are flight or invisibility, something mm-hmm. like that. I think that would be very interesting. But um, I actually like your idea. And so I'm going to I'm gonna crib off of that and say I would love the ability to control where I go in time and space so I could mm. have access. So I could go back in time and, like, see how things really happened at a, any particular time in any place. Yeah. Um, and uh and that would be great so time time and space so i could sort of teleport and pop in and out basically i want to be dr who without even needing the equipment of the time machine just let me go where i want to and see what happened for real and i think that would be pretty cool because it, it, it drives me crazy every now and then i read these stories about um uh sort of ancient history and how there are things that we just don't know about what happened in these particular events because the 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 recollections are lost and there's just sort of like a fifth hand version of the story. You know, the library of Alexandria was lost and, uh, and some of the books got out, but some of the books were lost forever. And I, I love the idea of being able to just kind of, kind of pop back there and, and say, Oh, that's how it happened. And, uh, or, or take those books and pop back forward again before they burn, uh, and increase sort of like
0: human knowledge. I think that would be really awesome. Plus I could go into the future and see what's going on up there. See, I don't know if I want to move through time like that. That's scary to me. My control of time was just being able to stop it.
1: That was ah. all I wanted.
0: I did. I don't. If I could go backwards and forwards in time, Jason, I would be creating wormholes and rifts all over the place. It would no, be a I just disaster. want to be a little. I just want to travel. I
1: want. I just want to, you know, go here and there and see what's going on.
0: Oh no, that's good. But you just clearly have Find more aliens. self-control than me. Like I would have. Instead of an editing podcasts, I would just go back in time to change what I said. It's like, like I would be that kind of terrible wow. about it. That is a bad power.
1: That is the I, I always used to joke, I think I might have even said that here before, that the, the worst superpower would be short range time travel. Where you know you mm. could you could change the you could change the outcome of the future, but it would be like only minor things that would generally be allowed. So you could you could go like an hour back in time and but what's that? It's like uh, you know, check the left tire, it's a little bit low. <laughs> That's just what could you 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 do with limited time travel? Don't eat that egg; it's rotten. That's, it's the worst kind of
0: power. So yep. I want ultimate ultimate mastery of the universe. That's it. Easy. Perfect. All right, I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you want to find show notes for today, go on over to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 73. Jason uh, writes no matter where he is, whether it's in San Francisco or in Arizona over at sixcolors.com, and he has many other podcasts, including Liftoff and Clockwise on Relay FM. Um, I'm looking forward to the next Liftoff. I'm hoping to hear some uh, New Planet discussion. We have a lot of things to talk about on the next Liftoff. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Bet. I have to put a link in the show notes to uh, your Yahoo article about that, actually, because I was explaining all of this to Adina over the weekend because I read your great uh, article on Yahoo. Is it Yahoo? Yahoo Tech is where it's sort of hosted, but they want to do more space stuff, so I'm writing space
1: some space stories for them.
0: I sounded very smart, (laughs) Mm. right, because I could explain everything that happened, uh, in the in the space news about the new planet, so go nice. check that. out, I'll put that in the show notes so you can cool. go and read that. Um, but also, of course, you can go and find Jason on the incomparable, and he's at jsnell on Twitter. I am at i mike i m um, y k e, and I have recently been dipping my toe in the water of trying to put more things on the internet. Uh, and I have changed the URL, Jason. It is you can now find uh, my Tumblr blog at mikewasright.com dot com. Mm-hmm. I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) It was like I've had the redirect going for a bit, and then I was just like, I'll forget it. I'm going all in on this. So, uh, as of this morning, it's now mikewasright.com. It's my personal brand. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Thank you so much to Fresh Books and MailRout for sponsoring, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Mr. Snell.
1: Goodbye, Mr. Hurley.